0: Welcome to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you are listening in. The Neighborhood Church is all about helping people find and follow Jesus. We hope that through these podcasts you are encouraged, that you're inspired, and that you're provided with practical wisdom on how to find and follow Jesus. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast.
1: Well, Happy New Year, everyone. So glad that you are with us this weekend. And as Pastor Yasmin has said, we are beginning a January series called Faith, Foolishness, and Fear. And we're going to unwrap all of those uh, in the next uh, three or four weeks. And uh, tonight I'm going to talk about faith, the currency of the kingdom of light, and next weekend, we'll look at fear, which is the currency of the kingdom of darkness. And in the next week, we'll look at foolishness, which is the counterfeit of the kingdom of darkness. And at the end, tie it all together. So come, for, come on the journey uh, with us. My heart's desire for us at the Neighborhood Church is that we'll be a church... That is, uh, our soul is just stuck in the cement of his word. We we believe in God's word, we have a respect for for God's word. I uh, know a well-known, don't know him personally, but know of a well-known preacher, if I told you his name, you would likely know him too, who... Uh, doesn't preach about sin and doesn't preach about suffering. And he was asked why he doesn't preach on sin and he doesn't preach on suffering. And he said, well, I believe God has called me to make people happy. And I am just going to stay in my lane my whole ministry. My lane, the calling on my life is to make people happy. I don't want to doubt his call, but I have a strong sense in my own life that my responsibility to this church and the calling on my life is what is uh, given to us in Acts uh, chapter 20 and verse 27 where Paul, in describing his ministry to Ephesus, said, I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole purpose of God, Uh, Some versions say I did not shrink from sharing the whole counsel of God. I think any time you pick a lane instead of being committed to the whole counsel of God, the whole purposes of God, you potentially can lead people to a place that just is not healthy. I preached uh, last weekend on God's grace, and I said, uh, if it's not grace, it's not God. When God's there, grace is there. And thank God for the revelation in the church in the last 20, 20 to 30 years of the power of grace. But there's some hyper grace floating around out there, which has just taken this to... Extreme places where it doesn't matter what anybody does, God's grace abounds. Uh, we don't need to care about how we're affecting others. We don't doesn't really matter if the Bible clearly says it's sin because uh, grace will cover it all. And whenever you take a truth and make it the only lane you dwell in, there's a potential for a whole lot. Of trouble, a whole lot of problems. Uh, outward holiness—this this desire to keep all the rules—and usually it's a bunch of rules that haven't been specifically outlined in Scripture. It's just a bunch of rules people have made. Uh, it very quickly turns into legalism. And legalism hurts people. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy. So you can take something that's good, but if it becomes the lane you stick in and you ignore the whole counsel of God, uh, it produces uh, bad bad fruits. Bad fruits. Sovereignty can do the same thing. I believe God is sovereign with all my heart. But... Uh, it can easily fall into fatalism, and then you've got something that brings bad fruits. And I think this subject of faith uh, can create some real, real problems in the body of Christ. And we have to get into Scripture and really be honest with the whole counsel of God when it comes to Scripture. So part of me approaches this month with some inner fear and trepidation. And I approach it with fear and trepidation because some of you who are listening will at the end of the series say, didn't go far enough. And some of you will say, well, pastor, you went way too far. And some of you may think I've hurt your feelings. I never enter the pulpit or whatever this is called, stool and table, uh, with the desire to hurt anyone's feelings. I am not intending to expose anyone's foolishness this month, but I do want us to have a strong, sensible, deeply rooted in the word of God understanding of what faith is. So I'm asking God to help us. I recognize that sometimes our physical position makes a difference when we pray. And sometimes it's good to align our physical position with the position of our heart. And so I'm going to kneel as I pray for this series now. And maybe some of you at home would even want to kneel beside the couch or the chair you're sitting at now. But would you join me in prayer? Father, you've given us another year. Start of this year, you brought us through last year. We want to present ourselves to you at the start of this new year and ask you to do a deep work in our hearts. a work that will have us deeply rooted and grounded in truth. Father, may we not be a church that gets swept up by winds of doctrine or the latest uh, popular subject for everybody to be embracing. But, O God, would you come by your Spirit and create in us, create in us, O God a hunger for truth this year. A new truth, uh, not a new truth, a new hunger for real truth, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Faith, fear, and foolishness Faith, the currency of the kingdom of light. What is currency? Currency is a medium of exchange. That would be the dictionary definition of currency, a medium of exchange. Something you give in order to get something else, a medium of exchange, So I opened one of the presents under a Christmas tree this year, and uh, I'd been explaining to Donna for about two years that I'm fading away to nothing, and she's had a little trouble accepting this truth. We want to build our church on truth. Uh, So I said, Don's This year you need to buy me extra-large churches, done with double extra-large. I'm fading away to nothing. So I opened the Christmas present and she bought me a beautiful extra-large shirt and it didn't fit. Ah. So, I couldn't figure this out because I am determined that I am now extra large. And I found out why it didn't fit. It was extra large, slim. (laughs) Now, I'm extra large, but I am not extra large, slim. So we went shopping on Thursday and we bought this shirt together. And it's an extra large and it fits, but they didn't let us leave the store until there was an exchange. The medium of exchange was our cash, our debit card for the shirts. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of heaven. And I want to talk to you about what real faith is uh, today. Number one, the Christian life is a life of faith. The Christian life is a life of faith. It's how we're saved. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 8. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. For by grace have you been saved through faith. And that's not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. How do you enter into this great divine exchange where you receive God's grace? It is through faith. Through faith, that's how we're saved. Uh, we, The Christian life is lived by By faith. We're saved by faith. We live by faith. Uh, Names of God translation Romans chapter 1, verse 17. God's approval is revealed in this good news. This approval begins and ends with faith. As scripture says, the person who has God's approval will live by faith. So if you want God's approval on your life, how do you live? The person with God's approval will live by faith. We live by faith. Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 20. I've been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. The Christian life is lived by faith. Our sympathies are extended to uh, the Dilsner family on uh, Sam's wife, Ruby, Roger's uh, mom, passing away on Boxing Day. I heard early in the week that Ruby was not doing well, and so I phoned her on Tuesday morning. Actually, I phoned the house expecting to talk to Sam. And Ruby answered the phone with a cheerful voice. Good morning. I said, Ruby, it's Pastor John. I hear you're not doing real well. I don't think I'll forget her response for the rest of my life. She said, Pastor, I am walking through the valley of the shadow of death with confident hope. (laughs) I am walking through the valley of the shadow of death with confident hope. How do we live? The Christian life is lived by faith. 2 Corinthians 5 and and verse number 7. Indeed, our lives are guided by faith, not by sight. So if you're a Christian, how do you figure out where your life is going? The direction your life is supposed to be going. It's not based on what you see. It's based on something bigger than that, much deeper than that. We live by faith. Faith. And so to some people who are lo- logistical in all of their thinking, they're rational, everything needs to make sense on paper, we Christians look a little strange. Because we don't make decisions based on sight. We live by, guided by, uh, faith, not by sight. So we're saved by faith, we live by faith, we pray by faith, James chapter 1 and verse number 6 says, James chapter 1 verse 6, we must ask in faith without any doubting the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind that's with a particular thing in mind, praying for wisdom but when we pray, we pray by faith we do not go into God's presence doubting Mark chapter 11, verse 24, Mark 11 and verse 24, I say to you, this is Jesus talking, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you've received them. We pray in faith. So the Christian life is a life of faith. We're saved by faith. We live by faith. We pray by faith. Uh, So people occasionally ask me, pastor, tell me, are you a faith guy? Well, here's the answer. Yes, I'm a faith guy. And if you're a Christian, you should be a faith man or a faith woman or a faith teenager. Christians live by faith. (laughs) The Christian life is a life of faith. It's how we live. The just shall live by faith. So we need to understand that. We need to understand that. The second truth we need to understand in this area is that faith is much more than just believing. Faith is much more than just believing. So, if you have a coin, and we carry less and less of them now, but coins have two sides to them. And I've played enough sports to know that a lot of decisions are based on two-sided coins. There's a head side and a tail side. And heads you win and tails you lose. But the truth of the matter is for coin to be legitimate currency, both sides have to be <laughs> intact. Both sides of the coin have to be intact. And faith is kind of this two-sided coin. The first side is that believing is the foundation of faith. But the second side of the coin is that action is the demonstration of faith. So believing is the foundation of faith, but action is the demonstration of faith. And we as Christians have to understand that it's not just enough to believe all the right things. There's two sides to this coin, and the believing has to be followed, accompanied by action. So I woke up Thursday morning, and... uh, I knew I had to do some studying in the morning and some thinking and praying, and the first thing that hit my heart when I woke up and got my feet on the bed, on the floor beside our bed was, uh, you need to read Hebrews 11 again, Pastor John. So I went downstairs and I read Hebrews chapter 11, quite a chapter. Hebrews chapter 11 and and verse number 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice. Abel did something with his faith. Abel offered to God a better sacrifice. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 7. This Noah guy, by faith, prepared an ark. Now think about that never really ever rained before up to this time. And now Noah's running wild. All the water from up there somewhere its going to fall here. And I'm building this boat here in the middle of all this dry ground. But it's going to float. Think of how the neighbors must have been talking about Noah. But by faith, Noah took action and began to prepare an ark. Uh, Abraham... Chapter four, eleven, and verse number 8, by faith Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. God said, time to go, Abraham, get heading, and that didn't have a clue where he was going. But Abraham had faith in God and started heading out to a place where he didn't know where he was going. Faith Always uh, is rooted in the foundation of belief, but it needs to turn into action. Faith is more than just believing. Verse twenty-two. Not sure I would have passed this test. Test by faith, Abraham offered up Isaac. Want me to offer up Isaac? I'll offer up Isaac. I think I would have found it real easy to report in sick that day. Verse number uh, 22, uh, talking about Joseph, by faith Joseph, is <laughs> lying on his deathbed, gives orders concerning his bones. He says to his sons, hey guys, you're going to be out of Egypt pretty soon and make sure when you're leaving you take my bones with you. I want to be buried back home this taking action, this understanding that faith had to be accompanied by by action. So can I call you to do some imagining right now as I do an illustration? So imagine you're in a room, it's got a big dining room table, there's some couches around the edges, and, and a man walks into the room and and he's heading towards the dining room table, where there's some food spread out, and suddenly he just collapses, just he's laying on the rug in this good-sized room, and people come running over, and I start fanning him, and one of the ladies runs and. Finds a face cloth and runs it under cold water and puts it on his forehead. Says, somebody says, is there a doctor in the room? Does anybody know a doctor? And there was a doctor in the room. And the doctor comes over and looks and says, this man is dying from Starvation. He doesn't get some food in the next half an hour. He'll be dead. Get the guy some food. Get him some, something small to chew on. And they keep saying it to the man, do you, do you understand? You've got to eat if you're going to live. Do you believe that? And the man goes, yeah. They try to bring him food. He won't eat it. Do you understand? You've got to eat if you're going to live. Yeah, yeah. If I, I know I've got to eat if I'm going to live. Believed all the right things. Never ate. And in our made-up illustration, at exactly 30 minutes, he dies. What's the problem? Problem wasn't in what he believed. (laughs) He was saying all the right things. He even believed that he probably should have something to eat, but he didn't take any action. Faith is much more than just believing. Number three, uh, third thing I want us to understand about faith is we obtain a good reputation by being people full of faith. New Living Translation, Hebrews 11 verse 2, through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. Friends, our reputation a believer as believers doesn't ring really true in this world if we don't act like believers. We get a reputation for being believers when we act like believers. (laughs) By, through their faith, the people in the olden days earned a good reputation. So, so, we we have this understanding that God's Word, God's revelation to us of Himself through His Word is true. Read Psalm 17, verse 8 this week. Psalm 17 and verse 8, Keep me as the apple of the eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. And I thought I'd <laughs> dig into that a little bit deeper and I read a story of uh, one of the many fires, that happens not every year, obviously, but one of the fires in Yellowstone National Park that just whipped ripped through Yellowstone Park and destroyed so many other trees. And a ranger was out looking at the devastation and came to one spot and in front of him, he saw a petrified bird. It was just standing there But dead as anything burned in the fire. And he took his stick and hit it over and it crumbled into pieces. And underneath were three chicks alive and seeing sunlight and chirping away. Do you really believe that the God you serve in the fires and the hard times and the disappointments of life is covering you with His wings. Friends, it's how we get a good reputation. It's when we believe (laughs) as believers that God loves us and cares for us and acts in our best interests over and over again. Fourth thing I want to say about faith uh, tonight. It's impossible to please God without faith. Everybody saying impossible. Impossible. Thank you, everyone. It's impossible. It's impossible to please God without faith. And I didn't make that point up. I quote it directly from Scripture here. Hebrews 11, verse 6, New Living Translation. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It's impossible to please God without faith. You're listening today from from home, maybe you're still away for the weekend, enjoying extended holiday, maybe you're listening as you're driving, I want you to understand that it is impossible, impossible To please God without faith, without believing, he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38. So this is just a few verses before this statement in in chapter 11. Uh, My righteous ones shall live by faith. How do Christians live? They live by faith. Faith (laughs) that marks us, that identifies us. The righteous live by faith. And if we shrink back from faith, God's soul has no pleasure in him. We please God when we have faith, and God has no pleasure in us when we shrink back from faith. We are meant to be people who live by faith. We are way different than those who aren't yet in Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 7, already referred to, but I'll read it out of the New American Standard Version. We walk by faith, not by sight. We do not invest our lives in all of this stuff that you can see. We, we're, we're, we're heading for an eternal city that we cannot have not yet seen with our eyes. We do not live for this temporary stuff. We live for his presence. We live for the unseen. We do not live our life based on that which can be seen with our eyes. I was blessed to uh, have a really great father-in-law and great mother-in-law. Godly people, people who love the Word of God, love the Church of Jesus Christ. And after Mom had passed away, my father-in-law said to Pastor Donna, one of her visits, he said, Donna, cling, cling, hold on to cling to the presence of God because there's a time coming when you won't have anything else but His presence. All this stuff we spend so much, are tempted to spend so much of our time and our energies on is temporary and does not last. And the people of faith do not put their energies into things that do not last. We do not walk by faith. We walk by sight. Well, one last point. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. Romans chapter 10 and verse number 17. Faith comes by hearing, but then it tells us what we need to be hearing. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. What you begin to believe is really established by what you listen to. I I have no desire to upset anybody here. Trust me. But in 2020, I could tell whether you were listening to CNN or Fox. Because what you believe (laughs) was being influenced by what you were and are listening to. Faith comes from what we hear. I would suggest to you that the loudest primary voice in our lives should be God's revelation of himself to us. So this was a different Christmas for us. It was a different Christmas for almost all of us. I think it was probably only the second time, maybe the third in my entire life, where I didn't spend at least part of the Christmas holiday with 20 or 25 prisoners. But we were able to get together on Zoom on Boxing Day, and my dad was absolutely blown away by the fact that his family and his grandkids and his great-grandkids were all together on this picture in all these different places, and he couldn't stop talking about it and he went on and talked about how much the world has changed and that's turning 92 this year in 91 plus years and i remember one of the things he said was <laughs> we didn't have any of this stuff when we were growing up he said in the winter it got so dark early northeast of Edmonton he said dad would start a great big fire in the kitchen stove which was also the furnace and then it would get so hot he'd have to open the front door to let the heat out but the reason they kept the heat on was the whole family got together and evening after evening they read the Bible together was deeply shaped by dad, and three uncles, and two aunts who had this unshakable faith in God. (laughs) How how does that happen? It's a lot of time in the Word of God. I lived with my grandfather during uh, my Bible college years or I opened the college doors. Uh, at quarter to seven every morning so the other students could get in. Uh, Brilliant leadership there, President Martini. I got a student to open the college at quarter to seven in the morning. And then I went to work in the afternoon and I'd come home at 5.30 or so for supper and almost every night I came home. My grandfather is is in his brown... A comfortable, lazy boy-like rocking chair with his German Bible in his hand just soaking up the Word of God. This guy was one of the happiest, gentlest sincerest, steadiest, stable guys the world has ever seen. And yet as a teenager, 17 years of age, he got shipped off to Siberia for his faith. And he was given job, the job in that uh, camp of finding all the people who died overnight and you would have to go find them and drag them through the snow and then bury, dig a hole, throw them in the hole, cover them, go find the next guy. This is what he did as a 17 and 18-year-old, day after day after day after day. And yet I only heard him talk about this event once in my life. And his life was remembered as a life of joy and laughter and a quick smile. And somebody who felt so deeply for other people and their needs. How does that happen? (laughs) The things that were unseen, the things that were eternal, were bigger to him than anything that was happening down here. We do not live, friends. We do not live, friends, based on the things which are seen. We uh, live lives based on what God's Word says to us. And so you... Apply for a job and they ask you what skills you bring and you explain to them the things you're good at and a couple days later they phone you and say "Uh, you're uh, hired you're gonna work in XY department and your boss's name is Bozo report at 8 a.m. and Bozo will show you what you do in XY department And then he says, and you get paid every second Friday. Do any of you, when he says that, say, okay, but I want you to write that down for me, and I want you to get four witnesses guaranteeing me that I'm going to get paid two weeks Friday. Anybody done that? No, we just (laughs) accept the word. The guy says you're going to get paid in two weeks. We accept it, hook, line, sinker, fisherman and fisherman's boots. We, I mean, we just accept the whole thing just like that. And then we read in God's Word something that Almighty Creator, the Creator of the universe, has said, and worship band, you can come along, that Almighty God... Creator of the universe has said, and what do we do? We say, "Well, I'll believe it if Lord, you send me a sign and if you prove it." What I want you to do is, I want you to wake me up at 3:37 in the morning the next four days in a row, exactly 3:37. I want the clock to say 3:37 because this verse is from such and such a book, chapter three, verse. If you wake me up uh, four nights in a row at 3:37, I'll believe you. We want God to give us signs and we'll accept (laughs) what somebody from this world says to us without giving any second thought that they're going to perform it. Friends, God wants us to be people, people of faith. (laughs) That's how we're meant to live as Christians. And I want you to understand that. And I want us as a church to be people who are identified as believers who believe, (laughs) who live by faith. Unfortunately, uh, there's some counterfeits and some uh, false currency that also can deceive us. And we just want to build a bit of a hedge of protection around us as a church over the next two weekends. So hope you'll be back. Uh, Let's worship, Pastor Joel and team. Thank you.
0: We are so thankful that you've listened in to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. If you have questions or comments about what you've heard, we would love to hear from you. Go to the podcast description and follow the link to get in touch with us. Everything we do would not be possible without your generosity. If you would like to give, check out that same link in the podcast description. If you have enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.